0: Anthony, with a pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it, That's has been his game his whole career, by looking at him smiling, we go, My bad. Bad.
1: <laughs> the long two.
0: Bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the long two. I am Pete Rogers, he is Natty Wallach, and we are a Camillo Anthony podcast, occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? I'm well,
1: Pete. How are you doing?
0: I am well as well. I like how we've f- firmly and fully embodied the chaos and the unpredictability and the randomness of this NBA season in mm-hmm. this podcast by just like you, dear listeners, never really know when it's coming out because we've tried to have it regularly come out on Fridays. We're now having it come out on a Thursday because I'm busy on thursday night this thursday night when we normally record we've had all kinds of different strategies to go through this show we
1: along with the nba are just
0: we're figuring out as we go natty
1: that's just how we got to play this year fast and loose while we hopefully do the opposite with real life things although i guess you can do them quickly Just not loose. Like let's be as responsible and be comprehensive as we possibly can be.
0: Right, do things quickly with a tight mask. How about that? With two of them, I've been going two recently. Ooh, that's very smart. Very smart of you. I have been in the middle of rural New Hampshire, where we don't see a single living soul on a given day. So, uh, so I'm not. I just do the one one mask, but with a with a uh, with a filter in it. But I can understand if you're out and about, especially in the uh, in the streets of New York, double masking is, is now
1: a necessity. And, you know, it's cold, but snow in New York <laughs> is great, so fuck it. Mm-hmm. We don't get as many of these days as we used to, so I'm enjoying it. That's true. So you bask in it.
0: All right, well, let's, uh, let's talk some basketball. Let's start, uh, as we have now started doing, with our biggest takeaways from the previous week, and we share one thing we loved, one thing we hated, Natty. I'll start us off. I was going to pass it to you, but then I was like, you know what? I passed it to you last week. I'm going to take it. Be
1: quick on your feet. Adapt.
0: Exactly. Uh, Thing I loved this week. Trey Young and the Hawks looking like a legit playoff team.
1: Fuck you. Yep. Is that what you were talking about? Oh, man. Well, playoff team, whatever, but they look better. They look like things are... It's well they just look
0: now. I mean they're not going to they're not going to uh, maybe they'll make you know round 1 a a series for whoever they play. They're I mean they're gonna...
1: in the 6 seed right now exactly, like I shouldn't exactly. talk and, and I look... thought that we both thought they'd be a playoff team. So right. yeah,
0: and they look like that too. And that's the biggest thing. Is it's not just like something where they're going to kind of like backwards their way into it. They look good. Trey Young this past week has been fucking out of his mind. He's averaging 40 and a half points per game, shooting 58 from th- from the field and 3. Uh, they beat the T wolves and the clip without choir PG, but still the thing that I think I've taken the most to heart is the fact that like the Hawks are winning games that they should be winning, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's, and that's a big first start for a young team. That's trying to, you know, put their stamp on, uh, on the league.
1: This is a year where you need to win the games. You should win. And the Hawks are now nine and eight which is the same record as Golden State. Golden State has a negative point differential of 2.1, negative 2.1. The Hawks have a positive differential of plus 2.7. They are the last team in the East. Everybody below them is under 500. So that sort of (laughs) tells you something about the East. But DeAndre Hunter has looked fantastic, especially in the past month um cam reddish not so much but deandre hunter okay since this year began he's averaging 19 points five boards two dimes and over a steal he's shooting 36 percent from three uh he's 90 percent from the line he's going there five times a game he's the running mate for trey or at least the like small forward running mate, the small forward wing that they've been hoping they would get with all these dudes. And the funny thing about this is that they're looking better without their free agent acquisitions, you know, Mm -hmm. like Bogdan Bogdanovich, not there. Danilo Gallinari, not there. Rajon Rondo just came back and isn't much like they're doing this. John Collins and Clint Capella are doing well in the new year. Kevin Herter's doing better. Yep. Cam, not so much, but like, Trey having a steady presence, also a dude that can have the ball in his hands, you know, like he can. He can run the offense a little bit when he's out there, he's I think they're plus five when he's on the court and negative five when they're when he's off for the Hawks. So he's just turned into the guy that they want and they're doing well. Now, a lot of this has to do with schedule, like you said, you know, uh, the Clippers weren't at full strength, but so what, man? Ditto right. everybody. Win right. the fucking games you can. Like, if they had lost that game and they were 8-9, and nine, right. that sucks. Like, Philadelphia, th- this is my love, by the way. Sorry to jump in. But, like, no, go I ahead. loved that the Pistons beat the Sixers. <laughs> Fuck them. Go stuns. We got our fourth win. I'm going to enjoy them. The Sixers should have won that game. Like, Joel Embiid didn't play. That shouldn't fucking matter. Right. Not against the Detroit Pistons. The Sixers should have won that fucking game. And that's one of the things I hate too. Like they they just played down and it didn't look good. And beads looking like an MVP, but to get back to the Hawks, sorry. Like they're they're looking better. Um, they looked so garbage at the beginning of the season, but you know, with a little bit of luck in the schedule, they're looking great. Yeah. No, I, I like I said have been loving them. Um
0: uh, I can also agree with you natty i love the fact that the pistons beat the sixers and uh i was going to have my hate this week was just being the existence of blake griffin but i have something else instead uh but yeah like we said like in in a season like this you need to uh, you need to win the games that you should and even if you don't have like this is the thing we're always coming back to and i'm bouncing all over the place we're always coming back to my my ultimate point that Ben Simmons isn't like he shouldn't have been the hang up he wasn't the hang up the hang up was uh for the Harden trade was uh was uh they didn't want to give up Tyrese Maxey anyways my point being Ben Simmons a great number 2 not a number 1 and that you shouldn't like even if you didn't have to Embiid, Ben Simmons alone should give you plenty To beat the Pistons, especially since this week, Jeremy Grant hasn't been that great. He hasn't been shooting that efficiently like this. (laughs) It's just it's it's funny to me that this happened. Granted, the Celtics also uh, dropped a game to the Knicks.
1: So, you know, dude, I think people are maybe a little bit tired and. um, The absences do matter because let's say you get into a rhythm or you can't get into a rhythm because people aren't available, but I'm not as much hating on Ben Simmons as just the entire team. Like it, you, you just shouldn't lose a game like that, but this is a weird season. And well, I'm hating specifically on Ben Simmons. So it's basically my life existence to do that. His defense though is so good. And it's like, it is, but he needs to need to ask. Score. Dude, everybody else on that team matters too, though, right? Like, why don't they score? That's what they're there to do. They're there to do that because Ben Simmons can't at that level. Or, you know, like sometimes he can. Maybe maybe then it's maybe it's just a changing of our
0: expectation or idea for what Ben Simmons is. Like, let's take him out of this then elite basketball player category because he is great. He's top notch on defense. He is good at moving an offense but he's a scoring liability. So he is, you know, the second tier of, of top NBA players. I feel like people still have this notion. People still are seeing him as like this franchise building block, which yeah, he's a great guy to have, but I wouldn't, I, I, I saw I saw a trade and well, I'll take this into my hate. What I hate from this week. Um, I hate the fact that Bradley Beal is being wasted in Washington. Like it's just, sad. And Bradley Beal hates it too. He's leads the league in scoring averaging over 30 again this year. Uh, and the Wiz just suck. They just absolutely suck. You want to free Vooch. I want to free Bradley Beal. Uh, and I saw a trade for him to the Sixers where they'd send Ben Simmons back, which first of all, is just like, that's hilarious. The thought of Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook being on the same team. Um, I don't know how you would make that <laughs> offense work, <laughs> But I think that's like what we're. I feel like the general consensus has certainly come down to the point where it's like, all right, the Sixers need to start putting, start figuring out uh, putting packages together with Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons is no longer this untouchable uh, trade piece. But moving from Ben Simmons to Bradley Beal, I would just like imagine him in Denver next to Big Honey, uh, or in New Orleans next to Zion and uh, Brandon Ingram. Both those teams have the pieces to make that trade happen and should be making that trade happen, especially Denver. Like Denver is no Jokic is playing MVP level. You could send over Michael Porter jr. Who yes, is playing extremely well as well. But I just think Bradley Beal is a much better, not better compliment Porter jr. Has been really good again next to them as well, but he fits that time, that timeline better with Jokic. I think they're both like 26 or 27. Um, so that kind of ties up a little more harmoniously. I just, I think Denver should be really trying to be like, let's go all in. Like, let's make a strong effort to really contend this year after a couple of seasons where they've gone deep into the playoffs, but then ultimately got knocked out. Let's go get this like elite, elite scorer, One of the best scorers in the NBA, pair him with the best big man in the NBA. And let's see what this what this team can do.
1: Beal leaves. I want him to go to Dallas. <laughs> Ooh.
0: I mean, I'm good with that, that too. I just need him to be, sexual. I need God him to be on damn. a team where he, uh, where he puts, you know, doesn't have to put up 35 a game. And then when he does put up 35 a game, somehow
1: the Wizards still lose by like 15 points. Well, from everything I've heard, he wants to stay, or at least he wanted to stay. And he gave it a chance with West. I mean, This is such a strange season. It's hard to know how Beal really feels about it. Is he, you know, frustrated? Yeah, of course. Like, pro athletes get frustrated when they lose and they don't want to because they think they're doing really well, and that's Bradley Beal. But it is his team. If you go somewhere else, maybe he doesn't want to be the two. Like, he's nominally the one a and one b with westbrook i guess but that's just a technicality like that's bradley beal's team so long as he's there they traded john wall yeah so i do wonder if he's one of these dudes who's like kind of like westbrook where it's like no this is my team like you it's your job to put people around me it's not my fucking job to leave so i sort of feel like the wizards have pieces and maybe they'd be more likely to make a move with those pieces to try to show brad like we do want to build around you you're the only one we care about because if he wants to stay then you sort of have an obligation to show him that you yeah, can the build team, team around him sure yeah right he's an easy player to build around yeah. and if you keep him like, let's say you make a nominal trade, whatever, you get some picks and maybe some solid players back, uh, you know, like, who cares? If Giannis and the Bucks don't succeed, like, he'll be in play in two years. I mean, there, there are dudes that are going to be available upcoming. Meanwhile, this is a really good draft, the next one coming up. So maybe the Wizards are trying to tell Beal, like, we get it, but... You saw what happened. This is a COVID year. Like if everybody had been healthy and we hadn't missed some games, who knows what would have occurred. We can still make a trade. We can still make the playoffs. Like it's not impossible. Um, so I, I don't know, like trading Beal at this point definitely makes sense, but I sort of feel like because Harden was traded, now everybody's piling on and, you know, Beal with Embiid shirt. Sure, that looks great. who, guards the lakers tandem in the finals because simmons and Embiid can guard ad and lebron better than almost any other tandem so that's one of the reasons why you would want to keep ben simmons um beal is such a good complementary player like is golden state a possibility like mm-hmm. if beal was just like uh I'll leave, but I just want Golden State and you get back Oubre and, you know, Wigan, like whoever you want, maybe even Wiseman. I think that would look great, but everybody's going to want him. So I, I wonder if Beal is so frustrated because he knows what's coming. It's just going to be a whole season of this yeah. or whether it's just the playing. But either way, I mean, it sucks for Wizards fans. If I was a DC fan, I would love Bradley Beal with everything I have. Oh, my God. Yeah. How could you not? I mean, the guy is doing it all for the team. I just
0: I I always hate when good like when extremely good players waste large portions of their career on a team that just doesn't do anything. Like this is also like it pairs nicely like in football matthew stafford is going to get traded uh and it's like that's <laughs> the lions, exactly it by the way you where, yeah go Lions. <laughs> where it's like matt stafford is a, a top whatever i mean at his pinnacle was a top 10 quarterback easily uh and just and just and the lions have a whole history of doing this calvin johnson let's be uh, barry sanders the whole nine yards anyways it sucks to see a player play at a very high level for a team that is just not going to
1: accomplish anything um uh, so I, I just want
0: for his own. And but if
1: he wants to see there. What was the problem with the Lions with Stafford? They didn't properly build. Like, they didn't have a thousand yard rusher for yeah, that a, like eight years. Roster something like construction that. was just a Their fucking joke. Their line on both sides was either good or awful. And then they switched. Um, you know, they've had good players throughout, but it's just been position by position. And it was never. They've also had, you know. <laughs> the fact that they fired jim caldwell and he's definitely the best coach
0: oh 100% best coach that they've since
1: had since the 80s like it, it it is just or the 90s maybe it it's so dumb right the way they treated calvin John. i mean megatron i love uh, whatever i don't want to talk about the lions <laughs> <laughs> what um but it's a good example because you have to build around your your dude you have to be able to be comprehensive like this is the complaint with the bucks for all of the good players and talent that they have on the team it doesn't really look as comprehensively together as the other contenders yeah i do think that philadelphia looks like a better team than the bucks do even though Giannis and drew are a serious tandem um it's just so hard for some of these teams though. It like Beal is like Kevin Garnett back in Minnesota. It's like, mm, you yes. guys just can't fucking do it. Even if yeah. you get a really good second guy, it still doesn't work because you're either cycling through coaches or you make really bad personnel decisions or on the outside and you just don't have any good luck. It's all it's like three of those things in, to- together. in, in, in Minnesota. <laughs> I <Timberwolves, laughs> mean, that's rules
0: do this real good. No one Dude, does it better and than the Cats
1: had had as bad a year as anybody. Oh, in the my world. So, God. Um, it's just. Yeah, yeah that's that real. Is, That's awful.
0: Yeah, that's like perpetually the thing we hated from the week. Uh, what's your thing to hate from the week
1: before we wrap up? Uh, looking back. Uh, OK, I just wanted to go back just a little bit. Oh, I sure. forgot to mention something about the Hawks since <laughs> the new year began. I know this is going way back, but I love this since the new year began. Here's okay. their top five in minutes per game trey young deandre hunter john collins clint capella kevin herter all of those guys are 23 or 22 except for clint capella who's 26 love it that's not bad that's great hey remember when the hawks wanted to get rid of john collins (laughs) i mean that could still happen i think this is another team that like could make a bunch of moves because look at this team and then look at who they signed and you're like cool well Galinari, I mean, he's a great player, and Bogdan Bogdanovich is a good player, but the Hawks are winning without them. Right. So the calculus has changed. Uh, the other things I hated, really don't like Booker getting that injury. I mean, it's not serious, apparently, but anytime the Suns don't get they to don't. play with Devin Booker is a bad thing. The New Orleans Pelicans are two and eight over their last 10 games. Yeah, they oh. have no shooting zion who was really good on defense in college like sometimes looks like he's just stuck in the middle of the court and doesn't know what he's doing i mean he's still learning but like he hasn't looked great um it inside he looks stunning but it's the team doesn't look great right now um like lonzo jj reddick steven adams eric bledsoe maybe get rid of all those dudes like, if this isn't going to gel this year, then I feel like your only obligation is to Brandon Ingram and Zion and everybody else can go fuck themselves. Um, Steven Adams is expensive. I'm not sure if you'd be able to move him. But Lonzo, like, if you're not going to They've keep got Lonzo him long-term, Lonzo. then get him out of there. Yeah. So I mean, there have
0: been tons of rumors going around about it. I think that people are speculating that the uh, Warriors and uh pelicans would do a swap kelly Oubre for uh lonzo
1: i've seen that one batted around a lot Uh, i don't like that i don't know if i would do that like not for the warriors that's great for the warriors that's fantastic but if i'm the pelicans what does kelly Oubre do for me really except sort of crowd things sometimes gives you offense (laughs) yeah i mean the here's the thing this is uh a real life example of what we were just talking about. You have to be able to build around Brandon Ingram and Zion. Both of those guys have talent levels that could be MVP candidate caliber. You have to be able to give them a space where they can reach that potential. That means that yes, defense is important, but you also need to get some more shooting so that Brandon Ingram is not the only guy who knows how to do this. Like JJ doesn't look great which is a problem, but Bledsoe and Lonzo, I don't like that. I I don't care about the defense at that point. Like it's too stagnant. I just feel
0: like, I feel like NBA GMs need to just play a lot more of 2k, like franchise 2k. Cause I just feel like, I feel like this is a big hangup for a lot of teams where it's just, they don't quite know how to, or what the pe- right pieces are to put around. And I understand, like, I am sure this is a much harder job than I can even speculate. Like, I, I mean, I am sitting in a wicker chair uh talking sure. into a microphone. Like, what the fuck do I know? And
1: and we don't know these dudes. Like, right. these are exactly. all co-workers, you know? Right. Like, they see each other every day. Exactly, It's hard exactly. to tell someone, get the fuck out of my office, you know?
0: Right, right. So I'm sure it's much, but it is always interesting like it's it's just been surprising the Sixers is the one that comes out to me the most where it's just like there were clear needs that that team needed like clear ways to build that team and it took them forever to find or they had it then they got right, rid they of J.J. Reddick and they decided J.J. Reddick outside shooting was not necessary which is like lol. that's exactly what you need they had it with Jimmy Butler and instead decided to give it a shit ton of money to Tobias Harris and keep him around uh it's just it was all I just building a team is hard. Building a
1: team is I hard. I will but say this devil's advocate. To, like, yeah. and this is another example of why it's hard. I think that JJ and Jimmy both wanted to leave. Oh, yeah. Like, of course, maybe not. I mean, great Jimmy, fans especially. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy was just like, somehow,
0: I think in the back of his mind, he, this Heat team was just like constantly calling to him. Not that, he, not that he even knew it was the Heat, but man, he has just been bouncing around. And now it seems like he has finally found like a team that is just perfect for him.
1: It's his team. Yeah. Like, this is maybe how Beal feels. Like, maybe it's not so much that he wants to leave DC as much as he's like, I've put in my fucking time. I am the superstar here. I want to win here. I want to be the best player that the D that the bullets slash wizards have had in two generations. Um, And he is that good that he could do that. But you have all these forwards that, you know, don't really fit. It's just so hard to, to really construct good teams. And the ones that seem to be able to do it are the ones that have good development programs, Like the Spurs, the Spurs just make good players like the heat. The heat just make good players, sort of like the Pacers. The Pacers aren't at that level, but they still constantly make the players that they do get better. And it doesn't really feel like D.C. has popped with anyone except Beal for a while.
0: I... Agree. Uh, All right, well, let's move on. Now it's time for a Jan Vesely favorite stat line of the week. Named in honor of yeah. Wizards great Jan Vesely, who back in 2013 posted the stat line of four points, two rebounds and six fouls in eight minutes of play. Natty, <laughs> I am going to let you guess what my favorite stat line from this past week was, because it should be pretty clearly obvious. The stethoscope is not on. I am not the doctor here. This is fanboy Pete to his max. What was my favorite stat line from this last week? Was it OG Ananobi? It was not. Why would I as a Celtics fan love that? I mean, I love OG. No, no, no.
1: Because it was amazing.
0: It was amazing. (laughs) But was it as amazing as Jalen Brown scoring 33 points in 19 minutes?
1: That's pretty good especially since you guys need that kind of production from him. (laughs) 19 minutes. No one has ever done that in NBA
0: history. Fewest points in the most, uh, all the way around. Most points in the fewest minutes. You love to see it. I, as a Jalen Brown, uh, all NBA espouser, love to see it the absolute most. But his ascension this year has been truly remarkable and incredible. I, I mean, everyone knew that he was going to be taking steps, but I don't think anyone quite saw this step that he was going to be taking, especially from an offensive standpoint. So I just have to, I have to, when we have a s- section of this podcast, which is solely dedicated to impressive stat lines, 33 points in 19 minutes has to
1: be uh, my pick for the week. Sure. I took that in as like all of the blow similar to all of the blowouts that we've had this year so far like i think that there might be a bunch of records that get broken just because of all the absences and weird scheduling sure so
0: don't try to undermine Jalen brown's accomplishment
1: my stat line of the week is the same thing though like it's opportunity and it's luck Um, And my stat line is Boogie because he had 28 Uh, points, 17 rebounds, five dimes in 30 minutes. Yes. And it was against, you know, he went four for eight from three point and it was against the Mavericks. But he got those minutes because Christian Wood is out and because everything's weird. And he dominated like old Boogie, which I loved to see. Like that was just so fucking fantastic. I really, really, really want that to be you know, the standard operating procedure going forward, like the very idea of like a healthy John Wall Depot, Eric Gordon, Christian Wood and Boogie seems like mm-hmm. a really fun team to me. Yeah. But again, I saw that and I was like, this is kind of fool's gold. Like he's probably not going to even be playing this many minutes going forward. It's never going to be this easy again. And um, the the context of the game will be different because other players will be there who also need the ball. So while I loved that stat line, I am like a little skeptical of both. Stop being a pessimist and just bask in the sheer glory of it. I mean, there is a universe where at the end of the year, everyone's like, shit, Brown's better than Tatum. God, just that... because of production. Yeah. But then that's right, like, right. That's kind not... of a nightmare of you're the Celtics. Cause it's like, wait a second. Who's, or do they hate each other now? Like is oh no, cool? God! They love each other. They will never hate each yeah, other. Totally. those two are besties. No, the fact that
0: Dem- Marcus I love had that a good game up- the other night. I love that you brought up Boogie. Oh yeah, fucking Marcus. I love that you yeah. brought up Boogie because Boogie does that. And then last night against uh, or whatever Tuesday night against the Wizards again shoots fifty percent from three, four for eight, nineteen points, eleven boards. Like, I, just the NBA is a better place with prime time with prime Boogie absolutely amongst the people and the fact i just feel like people chronically underrate his three-point shooting because he it's streaky but like he can he has built that part of his game up you know very solidly
1: he's just a dude who's had really bad luck too i mean speaking yeah. of teams that couldn't speaking build te- around a player ex- like yes. sacramento had every fucking chance he's the, the fucking world. poster child yeah. But it, this happens with a lot of players, like every single player that the Knicks have had, you know, like every <laughs> it happens with most teams, I think. Now, yeah. I do think that front offices have gotten smarter about this and teams are more focused on player development, but it still seems really difficult for these guys to make proper decisions you know like with new orleans i understood like oh let's get two defensive guards so we have a defensive backcourt and that you know like that helps make it easier for everybody else but that's just not how it's working so you should change now we're still real early in the season all of this can change maybe jj gets healthy or whatever is wrong with him um Like this is the teams that look bad, look bad for reasons that we think are obvious. Like they just stick out like the Pistons suck because the old guys are trash and some of the young guys aren't there yet. And the other young guys are injured, you know, like there are reasons. Yeah. Uh, But the teams that do have talent that don't look good, like there there's not going to be a lot of excuses for this year because everybody has excuses for this. year, Right. You know who the who would look really good on the pistons? Um, Isaiah Thomas?
0: I was gonna say Christian Wood, but yeah, Isaiah Thomas too.
1: That seems like a mutual thing. Like it seems like the front office and Dwayne Casey didn't want him, and maybe he didn't you want to be there. Keep telling yourself whatever you need to sleep. Yo, if easy. I'm Christian Wood, I wouldn't want to be there. Oh, yeah. Like no, Griffin plays my position. Uh the fact that he is gone to
0: Houston and it's immediately basically now become the face of that team because Harden's gone. Uh brilliant. Brilliant marketing move by Christian Wood.
1: I, I like watching Houston. Like it it is I do too. It I is, do is too. sort of they're refreshing. Of it's John different. John Wall is
0: back. John Wall has that has that first step again. It's uh, they're fun to watch. They are All
1: fun right, fun. let me ask you a question. Do you if if you were Houston, would you try to make a trade? Like not like some ulti- like but like could you put the pieces together for i don't know like pj tucker and eric gordon gets you well no one wants his salary but like who, i don't think who? i don't think that you would i i think you could maybe move pj
0: tucker for i don't know whatever you might want like maybe a secondary play i just i would say this when you have something that works just ride with it and see what happens especially since there's no real expectations from them this year especially since you know they don't have Harden, and it's just kind of like they're playing i would assume that they're playing with kind of you know house money right now where it's like if they make the playoffs great if not meh they you know they traded james harden uh they're seven and nine and dallas is eight and nine so they're just as good as dallas and they lost the whatever you know best offensive player in nba history so dallas doesn't look great but they're five or five were their last 10. So, whatever. Yeah. Luke is getting his numbers, and that's what my fantasy team cares about. All <laughs> right. Uh, before we turn our attention to next week uh, and talk about that, let's take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. We'll do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall
1: guy. That's Guy. the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot.
0: back and now is the time of the podcast where we turn and look ahead to the coming week now we also normally talk a little dfs we are not going to do that in this show uh because it is still a little bit early but rest assured we will have our studs and duds for this coming week still coming out make sure to follow us on twitter we will be posting them there uh i will have to see what the score is between you and i natty i my uh, my uh my victor olodipo call not quite paying out, as I thought it would, but maybe I'll still be able to uh, to take an early lead. Instead, we are just going to talk waiver wire ads, top waiver wire ads uh, for the rest of the show and, and a little bit of what we like going forward. Uh, why don't you start us off, Natty? Who's a guy who you think
1: uh, is a top ad this week? Okay, so I'm just going to suggest that people cherry pick the Pistons over the next week and a half mm, through nice. the next two Sundays. They have six games, DeLon Wright, Wayne Ellington, Mason Plumley, ride these guys while they're hot. Um, you, you you don't need to roster them unless you have plenty of space, which is and they they're you know solid players on a really bad team. Wayne Ellington um, has been ver Yeah, totally. Like in Miami, what three years ago, and that's he's shooting a hell of a lot of them and he's making them. So I think the Pistons are a team where they're like auditioning pieces to be moved later on in the season and wayne Ellington is a wing who can hit threes so that's a good thing uh al horford is coming back tonight or he's available tonight but his backup isaiah roby has been doing really well in horford's absence he's been top 100 over the last two weeks he's only 10 owned he's been averaging 11 and 6 but he's a dude that has a 7-3 wingspan Like he's good enough so that Horford's return probably isn't going to eat into his minutes that much. Mm -hmm. And who knows? I mean, maybe Horford is now the backup because who gives a shit for, I mean, they're, they're sort of winning too many games, you know, like Oklahoma city is seven and nine and that's better than Sacramento, New Orleans and Minnesota. How does this i'm happen? okc i would rather how have... does this happen with okc every goddamn year they're like we're gonna do a rebuild and
0: then somehow all of the pieces just play too damn well dude lou dort holy lou shit fucking he looks dort. great
1: sga has been doing really I well i mean we know
0: sga all-star
1: sga where we are on that bandwagon and you know again like every team wait so they're five and five over their last ten Some of that is the schedule, you know, like this is all going to look weird for the rest of the season, I think. Um, But Roby is a guy you want to keep your eyes on because if Horford loses minutes or if he gets traded, that's the, he's the handcuff. And he might even just overtake the role anyway, because they'd rather give him development. Another team that's usually pretty good at developing players, Oklahoma city.
0: Well, the thing you like too, is, is that even though he's, you said he's been starting in, in Horford's absence. Mm. Correct. Excuse me. Correct. uh Well, like, even still, uh, the last four games 27, 26, 28, 26 minutes. So it's not like he's playing, you know, 30 plus minutes and getting all this production in 30, but, you know, in t- typical starting minutes. He's starting, but still getting, like, still, you know, 26 minutes per game. That's totally something he could just do off the bench as well. And maybe it takes a little bit of time to get into that flow. Maybe he plays better in that starting flow. But from a minute standpoint, I wouldn't expect his minutes to like change too drastically with Horford's return, which is great for his fantasy value. If the fact that he's doing this, all this production on just kind of 26 minutes a game, if that drops to 24 or stays around the same,
1: then yeah, that's great. I also want to point out that Oklahoma, this is just a weird thing that I noticed when I was prepping for the pod, they are six and four on the road and one in five at home love it Absolutely so it's it. like that's obviously what is this everything so straight yeah ex- exactly but you know it's new for everybody <laughs> right and they don't look like absolute shit which you have to love yeah <laughs> you've got you to love that always have to like they that. definitely look better than other teams that have you know quote-unquote better rosters yes Um,
0: All right. Well, my guy, one of my guys to add off waivers, we talked about him, but we didn't uh, dive into him. And that is my beloved Eric Gordon, who I actually added myself this past week and I'm very pleased with his recent play. Uh, On the season, 18 points per game, two boards, two assists, shooting 34% from three. But in the last five games, he's logged over 28 minutes and he's averaging th- 23, uh, two boards, three assists, shooting 41% from three during that period. Even if he returns to an off the bench role, which he was off the bench, he didn't start uh, in the Rockets last game after starting four games in a row. Still, I like what he's being able to bring to the table reliably. All He's going to get you offense. That is what he is going to do. You know, he's not bringing boards or defense uh, to the table, but- Elite three-point shooting, you love to have that on your fantasy team, because if Dude, they get high, you're going to, yeah. Right. You'll take that all day, every day. And I think he's rostered in, like, 30% of leagues, 40% of leagues. Uh That should be, that should be changed.
1: Yeah, I I love him. I mean, I think we talked about it before any, before the hardened trade actually happened, is that, like, that's really going to help Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he's just such a good complementary player. It's just that Houston's been weird for so long and his salary, blah, blah, blah. And he was injured. But Eric Gordon's a good basketball player. Every team should want to have a guy like him. Um, And on a team like this, he should have consistent, safe minutes and safe shots. So I, I have him on one of my fantasy teams as well.
0: Nice. There you go. That is a glowing endorsement from both of us.
1: If he is rostered on both of our teams, you know, you got to go get yourself some Eric Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. I wish PJ was getting more love too, but uh, he's just like, he's suffered the most sort of. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody wants
0: him. (laughs) He's going to get traded. He'll get traded. And then, and then he'll be in the back in the apple of everyone's eyeballs. Who else you got?
1: Okay my man patty mills on those san antonio spurs patty fucking mills here are his averages 14 plus points per game three plus dimes six plus three point attempts per game and he's hitting them at a 42 percent clip nine other players can equal or best those kd Kyrie, jason tatum paul george cj mccollum r.i.p Ugh. nikola vucevic jalen brown mike conley mills is the only one of those under 90 percent owned this is <laughs> and thing. he is under 25 percent owned Go. he's currently oh number 96 gosh. on the player raider for the year uh their next six games are boston denver memphis memphis minnesota houston the memphis games maybe won't happen but regardless like aside from boston that's those are teams where you can score so yeah. patty mills is having a career year he is one of the best sixth men dudes off the bench with safe consistent shots that you can yep. find uh and like when you're on a list with dudes that are only 90 plus percent owned and you're not you should be
0: owned high Owned more, excuse me. 100% agree 100% agree he should be far far more rostered and this is the thing too where it's like i understand that maybe you know it's hard to find a spot for someone on your team well just make the damn
1: sacrifice pull off the Dude, band-aid and no one watches the spurs like no one no one cares right. everyone thinks that they know who patty mills is. it's like the magic like name sure. their fucking backup point guard yeah exactly know.
0: Speaking of the magic, can we talk about how Vucevic is on that list of all
1: wing players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God damn it! You no, know, by the way, Cole Anthony looks really good. Like he's I'm,
0: this is the thing is, man. This team always.
1: Yes, I know. Yes. Aaron Gordon has been playing really well in the new year. <sighs> I just which is just uh, going to be they're all going to be off. just
0: good enough. All just going to be good enough right. for Vucic exactly. not to get traded. And that's going
1: to it's going to kill me. They're in the eighth seed right now. They're eight and ten, and. It, yeah like it's gonna it's, be soul crushing it's, it's soul crushing for vooch especially I'm, because they have big men behind him the whole thing i just yeah, the whole thing it's just trade him trade him to a team that but these that are also teams him. that like there isn't such a clamor for them to make moves because just like the spurs you know no one watches these teams right
0: uh all right a big man to go get off waivers little homer pick here but you can't deny what he's been doing recently daniel tice has been a top 35 player at play ESPN player rating over the last two weeks, so you love that. His offensive game has ex- absolutely exploded. Now that maybe is not going to stay up to the level it is. He's averaging 16 and a half points, uh, 5.3 boards in the last week. But what you also love to see is it's coming with three stocks per game during that time, and on the season, averaging almost two stocks uh, per game on the season. So he that defense has always been kind of his calling card. His offense now has started to really develop. He's become a much better three point shooter. uh, has been able to pretty hit those pretty reliably. And, uh, and he's just been getting regular minutes in this weird wonky season. And so I think that the Celtics have kind of figured out exactly how to deploy Tice at his most effective. And that's why we've seen that kind of major uptick in scoring, but a guy who can get you even 10 points along with like, three ish stocks per game. That's, that's fantasy gold right there. So Daniel Tice is rostered in like 10% of leagues, I think. Um, yeah. And so is a hundred percent available. You should be adding him. And then when he gets traded as a pay, big package <laughs> to the uh, magic for Nikola Jokic, Vucevic, uh, then, then you can keep him because he'll be on the magic too. And then he'll get all kinds of crazy minutes there.
1: But again, Tice is a dude like the center position the celtics have question marks so yep. tice is grabbing opportunity and doing the most he can with it and that's just going to happen all across the league all through the year so write it while you can um his success sort of makes me feel like boston's getting a little bit worried because it's like yeah, it's nice that he's doing well, but if this is our best big, then right. I feel like that's a really big fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, that's not
0: not great. Plus it also kind of, I feel like has slowed down the the uh, Time Lord Robert Williams development because, I mean, he's been sick. I think he had COVID. Um, so he's been recovering from that, which has obviously kept him off the court. But it's hard to, you know, limit Tice's minutes uh, you can't it's hard to play tice and rob williams together and uh yeah. and i think they want to really kind of get rob williams's development going i don't know we will ultimately ultimately see what the uh what the front court or backcourt has to do with uh the celtics
1: Never. Get i mean the silver right. lining with all these absences is that it has given people opportunity so mm-hmm. while you never want to see someone get wally pipped like baseball is nice because people sit so often and you get to see the rest of the team, you know, like when someone gets called up from the minors and gets to start a game, you're like, Oh, cool. I've been wanting to see him. So it would be nicer if the NBA was like more attuned, like you don't need to sit stars on national games, but you know, like you should try to use your full roster because it is interesting to see these guys. And you do want to see the young dudes get reps. So while I do like Tice, And he's like Kelly Olenek and, uh, you know, there's just like this sort of B, B minus uh, big men out there that can like shoot the ball and, you know, they're not going to fuck your team up too bad. Um, But they're definitely not what you want to be the answer, capital A. So I would ride Tice while you can. Uh,
0: Agreed. All right, Natty, wrap us up. Give us a, a final waiver target for you.
1: Okay. I am going to give you a guy that is under 30% owned. Love it. He is number one Oh six on the player Raider for the year. Beautiful. I am going to give you a list first. This oh, player okay. is one of only 12 who since the calendar turned to the new year is averaging four plus rebounds per game, four plus assists per game, seven plus three pointer attempts and one plus steals per game. Okay. No points. It's just those things. The list of 12 is Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, Fred Van Vliet, PG13, CJ Sy, again, Kyrie, Luca, the dentist, Zach Levine, Steph Curry, Maestro, Dame Lillard, Mm. James Harden, Mm. and Cheedy Fucking Osman. Our boy. Cleveland Cavaliers finest cheating. Somehow, somehow the Cavs is have on that list this
0: podcast. Once again, <laughs> good, good work Cavs. Way to be on the show again. Well done. Welcome here.
1: Welcome. like who, who cares about the points? That's crazy. That's insane. That's, I can't believe he's on a list with dudes like that. Again, this is because there have been absences in Cleveland. So he's perhaps getting, you know, more opportunities to do things, but he's 25 and it's really nice to see him doing well. And the Cavs are still in the playoffs. They are the seventh seed right now. They're the under five hundred, but as
0: hell, man, they are so yeah. frisky.
1: If they can actually like make moves so that Jared Allen is totally their starter, and yes. maybe they should... cut some weight. A lot of lot of rumors circulating around that too about about them yeah. trying to move Andre. Yeah, and maybe K-Love, like, which seems insane, but everybody gets traded every year. So we have to stop thinking of big contracts being unmovable. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, uh, I, of course, yeah. love the C.D. Osmond call. I had him as a waiver target last week. And what has he done since then? Well, let me tell you, in the last yeah. three games, averaging twelve and a, 12.3 points, averaging uh, two boards, three two assists, two steals, 50% from three and three games
1: you love that nice you love that
0: you would never say no to that on your fantasy team and he's definitely out there uh and he's a guy that yeah rostered this is people need you need a stream spot on your team you just need to especially in this year and these are all guys who you should be flowing through that stream spot with regularity honestly though eric gordon patty mills you should be rostering and keeping for an extended period of time because both of those guys are putting up legit fantasy numbers, but like Isaiah Roby, Daniel Tice, CD Osmond, those guys are excellent streaming guys for the next week or so. And then, you know, maybe either, maybe you can even leverage them into a, into a trade, a fantasy trade and get some, get some more consistent play back uh, for those guys since they are playing at a really high level right now. And who knows, CD Osman, I think of that group, I would see is the most, has the most potential for consistently being what we've seen him to be this year. Because why is that, Natty? Why could CD Osman get so much playing time this year?
1: Because we've been talking about him for the past couple <laughs> of he's years. Because the only in goddamn
0: three in the <laughs> Cavaliers team. Love I it. mean,
1: it's it's sort of funny because he's turned into, or he's turning into the guy that they wanted him to. So us bitching about it over the past couple of years, <laughs> in retrospect, maybe we were wrong. Having said that you should always have at least two dudes at every position. You know, it's just it's like how good I have was depth. raised.
0: I just feel like depth is a good thing to have. on Right. The basketball and team. now they who have Koro,
1: and they have sex land who is right. finally healthy and coming back. Um, they, they sort of, are in a really nice spot. So I, you know, I kind of wonder if they get ambitious, what's going to happen there. Um,
0: Yeah. And they've got the pieces too, like Drummond and and K love are, are very clear trade targets. And so, you know, they have, they have the pieces there to be able to make, make a trade that could, uh, you know, could, could take this roster in a different direction.
1: Yo. And if they, if they stay in the seventh seed, then they are protected from, or wait, I forget how the play in happens. I think it's just against the eighth seed, right? Yeah. The seventh and eighth seed this year. I Whatever. It doesn't no matter. Regardless, they have a better record than most teams in the East. So they should keep it going. Like, why not? Let's have the next iteration of this Cavs team. Yep. 100% here for it. All right, before we go,
0: let's wrap up with one thing we are looking forward to this coming week. And I am looking forward to hopefully, never say never, but looking forward to uh, some Grizzly games. (laughs) Hopefully playing at some point in the near future. Yeah. Because I love watching John Morant. John Morant is uh, a lot of fun to watch and my life misses him dearly. And uh, my hope is that we will get the Grizzlies playing on whatever Saturday or Sunday against the Spurs uh finally to happen after they haven't played for what like
1: a week and a half yeah it's it's really funny that was one of mine as well uh, also because like justice winslow is still on this team and right like point winslow did look really really effective like a solid rotation player so this team has a lot of changes to go through as well but I, i i do want to see how the grizzlies go and i mean there's so much uncertainty right now that you just sort of have to enjoy the games while you can and memphis is one of the teams that i was trying to watch them and charlotte i really like watching them uh portland's up there too except cj god fucking damn it i'm still so upset about that (laughs) sacramento sucks i don't know they're were there things I was looking forward to this coming week? I, I was kind of just looking forward to like no more absences. I'm just sort of like fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. I do have to say watching Duncan Robinson while Miami's had players out. He's fucking, he is just one of the best shooters in the NBA. It is also amazing. Uh, available in like 50% of leagues. So yeah, totally not a bad right. guy to be adding. Norm Powell looks really good. Like he started off cold, but he looks great right now there's there are good things in the nba so i don't want to be too pessimistic about things well look at you look at you being the bigger Daddy, and
0: rising above it uh and you know not feel free to the, genuflect <laughs> punching punching the nba right in the crotch a la jamal murray well done jamal murray way to go for the nuggets
1: i don't care do it i've watched <laughs> tons of people kick tons of other people oh please and like i'm just happens. i'm just annoyed
0: that you know he's he's well, the one thinking that this is something new or creative like he clearly is just copying the marcus smart punch, crotch punch like come on
1: that's, that's Dude, if you're gonna hit move. someone in the dick just don't do it during <laughs> the finals
0: that's the only that's rule the only do only not rule, do it.
1: don't punch right. someone in the dick especially
0: if you're playing against a lebron led team because lebron will you make might lose sure you, you right. will get suspended <laughs> you will get suspended and you will lose those are the rules of the game punch the dick any other time in the year
1: that's what the regular season is for
0: (laughs) there you go uh all right well that's all we got for you this week make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher that's how you'll not only get us but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football podcast like i said earlier follow us on twitter at the long two podcast we will be dropping our studs and duds for the next week there those will be coming out on monday uh natty enjoy the weekend and uh stay safe
1: my friend everybody on the east coast stay warm everybody else stay safe see you next week buddy